You're listening to the Irish Times Worldview Podcast. Welcome to Worldview from the Irish Times. I'm Dennis Staunton. The prospect of a snap election in Greece on January 25th has pushed the euro to a nine-year low on currency markets and revived fears of a crisis in the eurozone. The market's anxiety is driven by the fact that the left-wing party Syriza, which is ahead in the polls, wants to reverse some of the austerity policies imposed by Greece's international lenders and to renegotiate the country's debt burden. With politicians in Germany talking openly about the possibility of Greece leaving the euro, how likely is that scenario? Is Syriza's success part of a broader trend in a Europe where austerity doesn't seem to be working? And could other Eurozone countries avoid financial contagion if Greece defaults on its debts or abandons the euro? To discuss this, I'm joined from Athens by our correspondent Damien Makanola, from Berlin by Derek Scali, and here in studio by Irish Times columnist Paul Gillespie and managing editor Cliff Taylor. Damien, why is Greece having this election now? Greece is having this election now because... uh because of the failure of the coalition government, uh, led by conservative Antonio Samaras and socialist uh, Evangelos Venizelos, to elect their candidate for the position of state president. Um, that election was due to take place in February, but in early December, the, the prime minister decided to move the election forward. Uh, the election uh, procedure uh, takes place over three votes in parliament, and the result of all that was that the, 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 the government failed to have their man elected, and according to the Greek constitution, then elections, uh, parliamentary elections then must follow that. So uh, it seems, in the, according to the polls at least, that this left-wing party, Syriza, is doing very well. Why, uh, why are they doing well, and what are they actually proposing to do about the debt and about the austerity policies? Well, Syriza became the main opposition party in 2012, and in the European elections last year, uh, last May, uh, they, they became the main party. They, they got the most votes in the country. They're doing well because of the 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 general unpopularity uh, of the of the government and particularly its uh, the the ongoing austerity measures. They can benefit uh, from the public's discontent uh, with those. And in all polls uh, since the European elections and even beyond that, Syria has been has been in, in the first position. So it's now uh, getting about 28 to 30 percent. Uh, of of the vote in those polls, of the uh, in the opinion polls, which gives it a three to six, three to five uh, point lead over over new democracy. So they they're talking a lot about having uh, having a lot of a considerable portion of Greece's debt uh, written off. Uh, they're talking about you know possibly up to fifty percent of that debt. The debt is about three hundred twenty billion euros. So. Uh, this is this is what they're talking about. They in the past they had they had spoken more about tearing up the memorandum agreements, about reneging on the country's commitments. But in, certainly in, in in recent weeks or in recent months, they're now talking about you know uh, negotiating, taking finding a, a negotiated route uh, out out of the crisis. They're talking about reprofiling debt. Uh, they're no longer talking about taking any unilateral moves uh, about the debt. So certainly. They have toned down their message, but at the same time, they haven't fully explained uh, the role, their, their role plan, and neither have they come up with any kind of plan B should their 
plans be uh, um, rejected by their by the country's uh, eurozone or European partners. Derek Scally in Berlin, the German government has been pretty cautious in its official comments about the Greek election, but some politicians very close to Angela Merkel's government have been taking a pretty tough line, haven't they? Indeed, uh, over the weekend and then yesterday in um, Der Spiegel magazine, we, we saw for the first time, um, I suppose kite flying, you would call it, where a senior officials, unnamed officials, saying that they felt that the Eurozone was in a much better position to um, withstand any possible turbulence, turbulence that might arise should a member such as Greece um, uh, decide that it no longer wanted to be a part of the Eurozone. Uh, and the signal very much that came out during the course of the day yesterday from, from Sigmar Gabriel, who's the social democratic centre-left leader in Germany and also the economics minister, he said, we really um, are, are, we cannot be blackmailed uh, as, as in the past. And this is all taking place in a context in Germany, which probably had one of the most toxic um, public debates about Greece, about Greek death, about the lazy Greeks and so on, and very much driven by the tabloid media. This is the atmosphere in which the German politicians are moving. And the, during the course of the day, senior figures close to Angela Merkel yesterday came out saying to um, to Greece that you really have to understand there's no there's no wriggle room for negotiation. Uh, the time for poker is over, and uh, any government that comes into um, office, we expect them to adhere to all agreements that have been made in the past. Otherwise, all bets are off. And now, Der- Derek, do the Germans actually believe that the eurozone is now robust enough that it could, if necessary, survive a Greek exit, or are they just trying to scare the Greeks away from voting for Syriza? Oh, I think I mean ahead of an election, there's always a lot of bluster going on. But I mean, Greece is no shrinking violet when it comes to bluster too. So it seems that the Germans are trying to give as good as they get or trying to get the first word in um, um, before Syria comes out with its tougher demands during the election campaign. Um, but yeah, the, the feeling much here is the offline kite, seeing how well it would work. Uh, many politicians in Germany were shocked by this tough line, even if it was just kite flying, saying that this is not what the Eurozone is about. We've had this type of bullying coming on before. Curiously, some of the people who've talked most toughest about Greece in the past actually came out yesterday and said, this is, we don't play chicken with the Eurozone. We've gone past that. This is not what Germany does. Um, so actually quite quite some resistance to any such notion that uh, Germany really wouldn't uh, wouldn't miss the Greeks if they were gone. So I think it's a little bit of both. And as many people have pointed out, there's still, there's still about, you know, depending on how you count it, between 50 and uh, 80 billion euro of German loans to Greece, which many people have pointed out um, would probably, if Greece uh, left the eurozone, they would probably those loans would leave with them and never be repaid. So I think we're it was a bit of kite flying by Angela Merkel's um, Angela Merkel's office and her officials to see which way the public debate goes and um, to just uh, just uh, a sort of a warning shot across the bows in in, in Athens. Don't start a, a debate. We think we are now in a stronger position. We think the reforms of the eurozone have made it a more robust. There won't be a domino effect that people always were afraid of. The last time Ireland and Portugal were named explicitly by German officials, say, well, they're out of the of, of their rescue programs. The financial markets might not take the same fright as they would have in the years gone past. But of course, we saw what happened with the euro yesterday. And um, it, it fell to six-year low recovered afterwards. But um, I don't think all financial uh, market dealers are perhaps unaware as Germans seem to claim that the eurozone is more robust than it was a few years ago. So I think a certain amount of cart flying, a certain amount of pre-election um, bluster, um, and we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Cliff Taylor, is the eurozone now robust enough to survive a Greek exit? 
I, I, I would have serious doubts. I think at the very least it would cause a lot of turbulence. Certainly there have been a lot of measures put in place since the crisis. Uh, so we now have moves towards a single banking market, albeit a bit incomplete in some ways. We also have a European Stability Fund, which is which is available uh, to help countries that are in difficulties. And the ECB has, has increased its role as well. Uh, so, so things have changed in a substantial way. But really, I think the problem is that Europe is stuck in this uh, period of very slow growth. Unemployment is still very high, particularly in some of the southern European countries, Portugal, Spain, Italy. Uh, there are very significant and serious economic problems in in many countries, and I think inevitably, were Greece to leave or were speculation to rise that the Greece is to leave, the, the question would then arise: Well, who's going to be next? Are the markets going to target uh, some of the other countries? Our uncertainty is going to grow uh, about some of those other countries as well. So, uh, I, I think it would be you know it would be very serious for the eurozone. I don't think it could be managed easily in, in any way at all. And if we look at the actual substantive question uh, about the Greek debt, mm. is Syriza right? Is the Greek debt actually unsustainable? Yes, it is in the long term. I mean, the problem really was that during the crisis there was a restructuring of Greece's debt, but it, that it didn't go anywhere near far enough. Uh, things have changed in one significant way since then. Uh, in the middle of the crisis, Greece's main creditors were private sector investors. They got hit in a fairly serious debt restructuring at that time. Now most of the money is owed to other EU countries, to the ECB and the IMF. So if you look at Greece's total debt of around €320 billion, Euro, around €200 billion is owed to the EU and to individual European countries, another 50 or 60 to the ECB and the IMF. So private investors are, are owed relatively little the political difficulty then uh, for Germany is that it's effectively a loss on the German taxpayer, the French taxpayer, taxpayers across Europe if this money is to be written off. And obviously that's uh, it's one thing hitting private investors, it's, it's another thing entirely hitting uh, the populaces of, of, of the rest of Europe. So if Syriza emerges uh, at the head of a government in Greece and they enter into some kind of a negotiation about Greece's debt burden, what are the options that are available for restructuring it? Well, the, f- the first option, obviously, is, is to forgive some of the debt. I think that's very unlikely to happen. Politically, that's very difficult uh, for, for the bigger countries that are owed the money. So you're talking about stretching out the debt over a much longer time period, which effectively is lowering the burden on Greece and effectively is writing off some of the money. But politically, the message can be sent out that you know the money will still be repaid. I, I think uh, there has been speculation of kind of behind-the-scenes context uh, about this over the last uh, year to 18 months in relation to Greece. Uh, as, as it leaves, uh, prepares to leave, leave its bailout programme. But really, the difficulty is to, to make a significant difference. The extension of the debt would have to be over a very long time period. You, you really have to get private investors back lending to Greece. Uh, so, so the time period for the loans being paid back to the EU uh, and the IMF and, and other creditors really needs to be extended over a period beyond which private investors would be lending to Greece. And, and, and that's that's difficult. And that's, it's so you're not talking about, what, 30 years? That's yeah, 30, 40 years, I would have thought. Uh, Paul Gillespie, if Syriza actually does win the election in Greece, how significant an event is that in Europe? I think it's very great significance. Uh, the way the Greek issue has been framed in Germany, it's, uh, it's uh, something exceptional. And uh, the um, stereotypes that come over the lazy southerners are very much applied to Greece. Uh, the, what Bill did and the tabloid press did was very much with, with Greek in focus. But 
Actually, I would say that politically and also economically, Greece is not that exceptional. It shares problems with Spain, to some extent with Portugal, even to some extent with Ireland, uh, and, and in a different kind of way with Italy on indebtedness and on the lack of growth and on the impact of these austerity measures. And I think there's, um, there's, there's that commonality, which is not adequately taken account of in the German discourse. I think it also has a political commonality in that there would be a, a kind of rollover effect. Cliff referred to market market responses, which happen, of course, very rapidly. But there would also be genuine political effects, uh, obviously, in Spain. You have a rather similar party, uh, Podemos, in Spain, an election there next December. Uh, that would have a kind of rolling effect. I suspect it, the same would happen in, in other countries, including perhaps in France. Uh, so you're going to have a, a political a political ball game changing, and that has to be taken account of by the Germans as well. Well, if you have that, let's imagine that you have this political ball game changing, and if you look at the policies of parties like Syriza and Podemos, what they really are talking about is easing austerity. They're talking about a strong welfare state. They're talking about fiscal stimulus. They're talking about perhaps renationalizing some privatized industries. They're not actually talking about revolutionary change. They're talking about policies that would have been regarded as fairly mainstream social democratic parties some years ago. But I wonder, are those sorts of policies uh, permissible or possible in the European Union as we have it today? Uh, they may not be permissible, but they're certainly possible. And I think, again, you have to uh, allow that politics comes into to this discourse as over and beyond the law and the, the market economics, if you like. Uh, and w what is represented by by the Greek election is a breakthrough uh, of in the politicization of this whole crisis. It's had, a, a, you know, it's been politicized, as we know, uh, by... Uh, great uh, fragmentation in political systems, uh, challenger parties arising, uh, uh, incumbent governments losing office, all that's within a conventional mould. But you're now getting this new party system breaking through uh, this fragmentation, and I think that has a longer-term effect. So I think there's a certain kind of restructuring of European-wide politics going on that's represented here. And, uh, but how would it actually, uh, how would the, the European policy change? Because we've been talking about whether the Eurozone is robust enough in terms of its financial organization to withstand a shock. But is the European Union, are the European Union's political structures robust enough to be able to actually carry off a, a policy shift of this nature? Uh, it's very open to question. Uh, uh, there's been a muddling through, obviously, incrementalist type of response to this. In many ways, it's impressive because the, uh, the elements that Cliff identified, the banking union, the backup funds and this, that and the other, or, or, uh, the surveillance, these are very important uh, developments and they intrude on, on national sovereignty. And they, they also fulfil a German kind of agenda. But the macro... European agenda is not adequately taken account of in the German discourse and at some stage the Germans are going to have to choose it seems to me between saving the euro and going in the direction of some of the, the elements that you've been mentioning or, 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 or having it much more restrictive. Cliff, uh, if we look at this purely in terms of what the European economy needs, does it need more 
German medicine or does it need uh, some of this Keynesian uh, antidote that people are talking about now in Greece and Spain? I think the the problem is what we've seen over the the last few years, first of all, is crisis management and extremists uh, muddling to get through. And secondly, German medicine without any any offset of, of expansion anywhere else. So I suppose what it needs, first of all, this year is probably the European Central Bank to step up and do what it's promised that it would do and buy government bonds and inject more cash into the system. But unfortunately, I think it, it's left things so long that that on its own is not going to anywhere, do anywhere near enough to, to, to revive economic growth. So then you're saying, well, what else needs to be done? Do the, ro- do the rules need to be loosened in terms of budgetary policy? Yes, they probably do. But the issue is that a lot of the countries still don't have money themselves to, to, to spend. You know, are, are you talking about countries starting to run up deficits again? That's going to be difficult. You certainly require the richer countries, the Germans, to, to, to spend more money, to, to put more into expansion, to, to expand their own budgets and their own investment in their economies. Uh, really, I suppose all the talk has been on austerity and, and st- what the Germans call structural reform, trying to make economies work more efficiently. Structural reform is very difficult to carry through in, in, in tough times uh, because it means people losing jobs, losing incomes, um, losing li- livelihoods. Uh, and that's what's caused the political upheaval, if you like. Really what's needed is some way, some way to be found to fund expansion in, in budgets and in spending to go along with the monetary expansion which the ECB can achieve. The problem really is it's been left so long that the longer you leave it, the more the price goes up. Uh, Damien McAnally in Athens, if I can go back to you, if we look at the opinion polls, uh, as you say, Syriza is emerging pretty clearly as the the party most likely to be the biggest party. But will they have a problem actually getting coalition partners? Well, they certainly will because they, they uh, their, their their options are quite limited. Um, we can certainly rule out. Um, well, we should actually never say never in Greek politics, but Antony Samaras's New Democracy Party would be a very unlikely uh, coalition partner. Uh, the options available to Syriza are, uh, they don't have any options on the far left. There is a communist party in the parliament. They'll probably be returned uh, with, 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 with a smaller, on a smaller percentage in the elections, but they have always ruled out any any coalitions with Syria. I did it in 1990, 1989, 90 in a different in a different world, and they they lost a lot of their members uh, when they did that. So they, they're primarily interested in keeping their own little ideological boat uh, afloat. Um, there was a there was a there is a smaller moderate leftist party. They won't be re-elected, so that's not a, an option. Uh, there's an uh, an independent Greek party. It's kind of a nationalist anti-memorandum. Um, uh, organization, they have expressed interest in uh, in coalescing with Syriza, uh, but it, they would make very very strange bedfellows. Um, other options include uh, PASOK, uh, the existing PASOK. There's also a PASOK breakaway led by the former Prime Minister George Papandreou. He would certainly be interested in in returning to government. But a likely, probably the most likely coalition partner is a new party called uh, Topotami, which is a Greek word for river. Uh, they're kind of a centrist, uh, a centrist organisation. They, they, a party. They don't say they won't come down on uh, for or against the memorandum, um, but they, they they would be uh, probably the, the most likely coalition partner for Syriza. But that would. That, but then again, having said that, that would make a very interesting uh, uh, gov- uh, government uh, uh, coalition. Uh, Syriza is uh, has its roots in, in in a breakaway from the Communist Party thirty or forty years ago, and this. To, 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 
Topatami movement, this river party, is is very much centrist. So uh, um, how they would actually then uh, uh, govern together uh, remains to be seen. Is there confidence in Greece that uh, a new government would actually succeed in renegotiating Greek's debts? I don't think there is, because they had, they were promised this uh, by 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 Mr. Samaras himself in 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 2012, when 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 uh, in 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 the in the two elections um, in in that year, Mr. Samaras, the, the the current prime minister before those elections, he was he was against the memorandum. He 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 wanted it uh, renegotiated. So uh, his platform back then was that you know he needs a strong mandate to 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 get a better deal for Greece. Uh, that hasn't really succeeded. He he did. He was um, told if you get a surplus, if you produce a primary surplus, surplus we will then talk about uh, debt reduction. He did that. The primary, sur- primary surplus was achieved, but the, the, he, he was never given that, uh, that the, the, the debt reduction or talks on debt reduction that he, that he had been promised in 2012. So people are wary of, of promises, and all Greek parties continue to promise, uh, promise everything. Uh, all, all the parties are, 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 are really... Uh, to, uh, pr- promising the best and, and uh, uh, to the people, but I, but I, I think deep down people are wary. They don't they don't uh, really believe much of what they're being told, and a lot of the support for the parties, uh, the non-government parties, is really motivated out of a out of a, um, a sense that they want to punish um, governments and punish parties who they see as responsible for the situation that Greece finds itself. Uh, finally, Paul Gillespie, if uh, Greece elects a government with a mandate to renegotiate the debt, if uh, if Spain later this year does something similar, and if uh, the European Commission and Germany and Frankfurt say no, and if there is no possibility of these people actually achieving what uh, their governments were elected to achieve, how significant a crisis politically is that for the European Union? I think very big. It's one that couldn't be contained politically either. It would have very big economic ramifications because it would tend to show that uh, for all the muddling through incremental economic changes, which, as I say, are impressive, there hasn't been an adequate uh, uh, commensurate politics uh, to manage this transition which combines a huge developmental uh, issue for the euro along with the the, the economic crisis uh, and the crisis of, of of growth and unemployment Paul Gillespie Cliff Taylor Damien Macanola and Derek Scally thank you and that's all from this edition of worldview you can find more on all our stories on irishtimes.com and you can contact us at worldview at irishtimes.com but from producer Sinead O'Shea sound engineer Gary White and from me Dennis Staunton goodbye